You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. Today we're discussing chapters 90 and 91. Mm. Yay. There's no glorious acting this time. <laughs> You're <guess>, welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got some notes that people enjoyed it, but that's good. <laughs> I'm glad. Oh, I guess another important piece of news that happened in between we last released our last episode and now is that the the next season of the anime release date was announced. Woo! Yay! Yay! <laughs> and if you live in America, unlike me, then you can see if there's a theater near you that's playing the first three episodes. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I know there's one sort of-ish near you. But... Yeah. If it's, if it's the same theater that played the last season, first two episodes, is doing it. <laughs> it was something that started with an L. It was in a town that started with an L. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember, but... Okay. <laughs> It was, it was pretty far outside of the main city, but yeah. Anyway, I would, it's almost, they're playing, I think it's playing like the 30th, March 30th and 31st or something like that. Anyway, I hope that everyone who can see it and gets the opportunity to go see it. We'll be doing our, We the anime is airing on a, on a different day than it used to, so we still have to figure out what our timeline is going to be for when we release, but we'll be covering the anime again when the new season starts, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it should be like yeah. almost all new stuff. It will be probably mm-hmm. mostly new stuff. Mm-hmm. And I hope they like make some, I hope they make some like little <coughs> changes like they did last time to some mm-hmm. of the episodes or some of the things that happened. Yeah. I really like talking about those things, so. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be nice. I'm excited to see how they change um, Toru's DVD spiel. <laughs> Are you living in nineteen like ninety five? I was like, I should never see the tape. Like, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that's co- all that and more coming up today. <laughs> all those rants and more coming up later. Yeah, that'll be funny. I wonder if they'll do something. Momichi will be like, mm-hmm. I streamed it live on YouTube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've recorded it with my cell phone. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That'll be a good time. They did like already make subscribe. Some... Yeah. <laughs> he turns around during the he like turns the <laughs> thing around to like a selfie during the middle of the play and he's like, like, comment and subscribe for more. Okay, back to the play. <laughs> I could see what we should being a vlogger. Like yeah. a travel vlogger or something. Let's see if anyone was gonna have like a little youtube channel or something it would be momiji i do think that like we talked about how kakiri would probably be all up in vine but i don't yeah. think i think momiji would do like some more serious like mm-hmm. <laughs> he definitely could be an influencer yeah <laughs> especially with his crazy sunglasses and fashion and whatnot mm-hmm. <laughs> he'd be like they'd be like what do you do and he'd be like oh i make uh i make videos for youtube and Dora would be like what's a youtube <laughs> <laughs> I'm just used to these newfangled DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good times. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the new anime is coming. That's all I have to say about that. I don't have any other significant like thoughts. I mean, it's definitely going to cover the beach arc. Yeah. So we get beach. to make way more summer drifts once again. <laughs> I hope everyone's ready. Because, <laughs> guys, it'll be summer soon. It'll be summer soon. <laughs> I have a feeling something big is going to happen. <laughs> I have such a gleeful expression. I really hope that people can see it. <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay. So today, on a much much heavier note, <laughs> before we start, I just want to say that, so these chapters cover uh, Kyoko and Katsuya, 
And before we start, I, I want to just say that we recognize that this is a controversial topic in the fandom. So <laughs> if you don't want to hear about it, we're going to be talking about them for the next like two episodes. And I'd recommend that you just like skip it because it's going to be like basically the only content of those two episodes. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we I think we touched on this briefly and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But yeah, and I don't normally do like um, trigger warnings or anything for these because <laughs> I feel like people should have read the manga before they listen to this and <laughs> should know the content. But yeah, I get that people don't want to hear about it and don't talk. Some people are just very like, no, I'm not okay with this relationship and that's fine. So that's what we're talking about if you're not into it. You can bail on this one and bail on the next episode, but then we'll be back for something more <laughs> after mm-hmm. that. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say up front. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready to start? I was born ready. Okay, good. <laughs> you sound born ready. <laughs> <laughs> this is the highest emotional level that we'll probably have this this for the next like two episodes. So <laughs> I hope everybody's ready. Get your like handkerchiefs ready because I think these are going to be downers <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. All right. There's some cute moments. There'll be cute moments, but... We do get baby Toru. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, we do. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> okay, so chapter 90... The, so also, the I think something that's interesting, which I did mention last time, and I know at least one person commented about it, um, that I mentioned it, was that... Oh, maybe I said it in the spoilers, but these chapters are narrated by Kyo. And I never mm-hmm. realized that... I, like, I never thought about that or realized that until this time reading it through. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's very interesting. So we'll probably talk about them, that more. But every time I say, like, the narration says or Kyo's narration says, it's always his narration. Mm-hmm. If there's, like, things that people think, it's, like, in the flashbacks and it's it's separate. So, yeah. yeah. If it's in a square box, it's Kyo. It's Kyo. <laughs> yeah. And it's like that for the next, like, four chapters. So mm-hmm. anyway, I think that that's interesting. But, yeah, the, the chapter's narrated by Kyo. It starts with his perspective about what's been going on. So there's a little flashback of Yuki's photo shoot from the cultural <laughs> festival, which is amazing. He has the most dead-eyed look in the world. Yeah, it's really um, the epitome of that visual language that we've seen. Takaya has really been building up to it all this time just <laughs> to use it in the scene, I feel like. And uh, Kakuri is like, like, stop being so... like He's like, look more excited. I forget exactly what he says. Um, he says, lose the distant gaze. Smile from the heart, would you? <laughs> Oh, one other thing that I didn't mention, which I thought was really funny, was that, um, so there's, okay, so so we're reading the Tokyo Pop version. If you have a collector's edition, it's been removed, but there's, like, a summary at the beginning of the, the there's a summary at the beginning of the whole book, the whole, like, volume, and it says the story so far, and it says, hello, I'm Toru Honda, and I have come to know a terrible secret. After the death of my mother, I was living by myself in a tent when someone family took me in. I still learned that someone family lives with a curse. Each family member is possessed by a vengeful spirit of the of an animal, the Chinese zodiac. Whenever one of them becomes weak or is hugged by a member of the opposite sex, they change into their zodiac animal. And there's a little photo of her holding cards, and from like Daihin Min, and it says. The Cinderella play was a lot of fun, and I hope everyone, I hope it let everyone take their minds off of all the crazy drama that's been happening lately. It seems like the more I learn about the Soma family, the more I realize how tragic they all are. But I finally feel like I might have enough pieces of the puzzle to finally solve the Zodiac curse once and for all. And I was like, this is way too cheerful. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. It's just a weird, like, blast from the past. Yeah. Um, the combination of the solving the puzzle and the cards is giving me a Yu-Gi-Oh vibe. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'll use my Millennium item. (laughs) Whatever in defense mode. (laughs) I was going to say, it's like Guitar Hero playing her 18 on expert mode. Nothing could survive that attack. That's not a reference to Yu-Gi-Oh! That's a reference to Yugo the Abridged series. Way better in my opinion. But anyway. (laughs) Good. All the old 
anime references are out of the way. <laughs> I think more people probably know the abridged series than actually Yu-Gi-Oh at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I w- know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would both not be surprised and be. I'd be pleasantly surprised if that was true. <laughs> it deserves recognition. Okay. Anyway, fruits basket. Let's do it. We got our rants out of the way up front, yeah. I guess. For now. For now. Uh, what were we talking about? We did. We only got through Yuki's, the we first only got as far as Yuki's summary. dead eyes look. So, <laughs> so literally, literally it was the great. first panel. <laughs> we had to stop. We had to stop there. It's fine. Okay. So Kyo narrates that it's almost the end of the year, and Toru, who we see cleaning in his sort of like while well, he's his narration i guess mm-hmm. is busier than ever being rin's best friend i mean visiting her in the hospital <laughs> studying working and taking care of three dumb boys of course as yeah. usual being in a uh, shoujo textured uh, romantic beauty box <laughs> it's a lot of work <laughs> being in a shoujo manga is hard work everybody knows that <laughs> i want to burn it into my memory he thinks uh kind of walking cooling down after a morning jog and then forget it all he returns home, finds Omiji Ishigure and Toru watching the recording of Sword of Cinderella and greets them with a, what the hell is this? <laughs> and he slams the TV off and Omiji whines. The stupid play is staying off the TV, Kyo says. But it's being broadcast nationwide, Shigure says. And Kyo's like, no way! And then Shigure's like, I'm kidding, of course. Omiji <laughs> <laughs> and Shigure tease him about being pretty dumb with modern technology while he leans on a nearby sliding door angrily. It's called a DVD, Kyokun. It's an amazing thing that can have lots of things on it, and it can copy lots of things, Toru says, raising a finger, knowledgeably. Thank you for your expert opinion. They had to explain that to you, right? Kyo says, and he's Toru's like, yes. <laughs> but it's amazing, isn't it? People can move and talk on a DVD. It's so real. Much more real than a photo. It's like the pictures are really alive, she says, smiling and clasping her hands. And Kyo's thoughts drift to Kyoko, and we see the narration, to be left behind or to leave behind. I wonder what hurts more. Shigure snaps him out of his thoughts by sassing him to skedaddle, and he's like, fine, do what you want. As he leaves, Toru reminds him concernedly to make sure that he dries off so he doesn't catch a cold. Sure, he replies with a smile, um, and thinks of her smiling earlier. He leaves, and in his room, he thinks, what if she saw something that showed her mom? What would she do? What face would she make? If she, if she knew the truth, if she knew that I met her mom, what would she... And he remembers Kyoko smiling at him when he was a child and saying, that's how you want him to be. Kyo lays down on the floor and wonders, why am I remembering this now? It pushes open the lid of my memory and spills itself out. Maybe it's because I'm with her too much or because I'm conceited as hell. I pretend I don't know. I pretend I haven't noticed. I pretend I can't remember. He looks at his hand and he remembers Kyoko. Are you blaming me for that? He wonders. Maybe I want you to blame me, he thinks, and then he remembers Kyoko saying, you know what? I wanted them to blame me. Kyo narrates that he kind of remembered talking to Kyoko when he was little. She talked about herself when she was younger. She was already out of control before starting middle school, he narrates. And then we see Kyoko in her biker gang days. She fell in with bad kids and spent time doing bad things, he narrates. We see her getting in fights. Young Kyoko lies on the sidewalk and two women pass her. They talk about calling the cops, but Kyoko throws a shoe at them. What are you looking at, hag? Don't make, don't make me break your nose, she threatens them. And the women leave. How on earth was she raised, one, one wonders. And Kyoko staggers away. With only her one shoe, head down, eyes dark and empty. Kyo narrates about her family. Her household was cold, she told him with a bitter smile. Her dad never thought of the family, and her mother only cared about her husband and her reputation. They never went out as a family and rarely even ate together. She couldn't remember being held. What seems like some time later, Kyoko's father slaps her. Get out. You're a disgrace, he says. In this world, there are people who are needed and people who aren't. You're the latter, you ungrateful child. Kyoko's mother cries and asks, Why is this happening? Why did you turn out like this? Do you realize how angry your father will be at me? Do you know what the neighbors are saying? 
Why are you like this? And Kyoko slams her fist on the wall behind her. Then you shouldn't have had me. Her mother flinches. Just who the hell asked you to have me? Kyoko shouts. She told me, Kyo narrates, that it was like her body was made of broken glass. She couldn't trust anyone. She could only hurt people. She told me that she used to bike at night. She'd stay out really late. Those nights on the road, she felt like laughing or crying. She felt like she could go anywhere, but at the same time, she couldn't move. She barely ever went to school, Kyo narrates, so it was a coincidence that she met him there at all. Then we see an incident at Kyoko's middle school. Kyoko gets in trouble for wearing quote-unquote street fashion in the school. <laughs> the teacher grabs her by the collar and forcefully takes her to a room while they call her parents, and the teacher continues to berate her. She grabs a chair in the room and swings it at him. They tell her to stay there until her parents come. You can't run from me, old man, Kyoko screams. You think that you're so hot, but you can't do jack. My parents sure as hell ain't coming. Hey, a bespectacled and besuited teacher in the corner says calmly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I went there. <laughs> I have comments about <laughs> about Katsuya. Listen. <laughs> One of them is about his spectacles and how he can't see his eyes in this scene, but whatever, it's fine. Listen. <laughs> A glasses-wearing and suit-wearing teacher in the corner says calmly, What's making you so angry? Kyoko is taken aback and then suspicious. Huh? Whatever, she says. You can take your preaching and shove it. I'm not going to preach, he says. Just tell me what's so irritating. She sits on the chair that she was wielding earlier and says it's none of his business, but he says that he's curious. It's everything, you prick. Everything pisses me off. Them, she imagines the teachers and students, and them, she imagines her gang, and them, her parents, and you, everyone and everything. I hate your goddamn guts, she says, and she clenches her fist. You just, you treat all people like garbage, but you're just as bad. Quit trying to act like you're all friggin' perfect, she shouts, slamming her fist on the table. Leave me alone. I wish everyone would just get out of my life. I'd be better off with you dead. She slams her fist on the table over and over again. Die. Go to hell. You disappear. You fall apart. Really? The teacher says. I think you want them to care. You want them to look at you, don't you? All those people, you want them to need you. Kyoko relaxes her fist, and he removes his glasses. You want them to listen to you, to understand somehow. You want them to accept you. I think you want them to love you. Kyoko's eyes widen, still looking down at the table and away from him. The teacher smiles. You know something? I'm like that too. Why did I turn out like this? Kyoko wonders out loud, remembering her mother asking that. You're asking me? That's what I want to know. She looks at her shaking hand, now bleeding from the pressure of the fist that she was holding earlier. She cries, why? Where did she go wrong? What was her mistake? Kyo narrates. And we see what I assume is Kyoko's words to Kyo. All that she wanted was to love and be loved, to be happy, but she knew that she couldn't change. In the memory, Kyoko hangs her head and cries. I'm miserable. I feel so alone. You're lonely? All right, the teacher says, and he takes her hand. To her surprise. Let's sneak out of here together. Kyoko's like, huh? And he's like, oh, my name is Katsuya Honda, by the way. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> he smiles and says, nice to meet you. At the restaurant, where he takes her, Kyoko is like, is this really okay? You're a teacher. Won't you get in trouble? He tells her not to worry about it. He's just an unmotivated student teacher. She thought he was weird, at first anyway, Kyo narrates. She couldn't tell if he was as gentle as he seemed. He could be faking the manners. He'd run off with a student he didn't even know. He'd brought her to a restaurant, calm as could be. He was nuts, or at least he acted like it. Kyoko asks Katsuya why he gives a shit about her. What do you think, he asks. You think it might be interesting, she says. Yes, I'm interested, Miss No Eyebrows, he says, pushing back her bangs. Surrounded by Shoujo's bubbly texture? <laughs> Kyoko blushes and then sasses, watch the hands grabby, and he's like, sorry. 
Kyo's narration concludes, that day, she only knew one thing for sure. The ramen tasted good. It stung on her wounds, but the ramen they ate was good. She narrowed her eyes and said that with a smile. That's the end of chapter 90. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Kyo continues to narrate in chapter 91 that after meeting Katya, Kyoko started to change. They talk at school. Kyoko asks if he got in trouble with the other teachers, and he says that he has his father's influence on his side. His father is retired, but taught at that school for many years and has a good reputation. They take care of him because of it. I suppose they want me to follow my father's footsteps, he says. That kind of sucks, Kyoko says, and Katsuya smiles a wry smile. It's not all bad. My father's influence is worth using it if you know how, that is. It saves me from criticism when I try to push boundaries. Kyoko is shocked. Whoa, you're like the worst person I know, she says, and he's like, thank you. And she's like, there wasn't a compliment. He stands to leave and says that he has classes. He asks if she'll be absent again, and she's like, damn straight. I would like you to see me teach, Miss No Eyebrows, he says. Even if it's only once. Don't call me that, she sasses. I drew in my eyebrows, dingbat. Or did you not notice? And he's like, of course I noticed. You're prettier with eyebrows. Kyoko's eyes widen and she blushes a deep, full-faced blush. <laughs> and then sasses him to stop calling her that nickname. He weighs as he leaves. Kyo's narration continues. He had strong habits and he was fake polite. And cold in some ways. But that didn't stop her from being attracted to him. She started going to school. Never to class, but she walked through the door at least. Katsuya Honda always visited her at lunch. We see a conversation between the two of them, and Kyoko asks how his student teaching is going, and if the kids like him. He says it's going well. His manners are his selling point, and Kyoko's like, what, so you're good at tricking people? And he says, thank you, with a smile, and she's like, that's not a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoy this running joke between them. It's it's great. (laughs) There's a three beat in this chapter of this joke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Later, Kyoko is called out for missing a gang meeting. She sits to the side, arms crossed. Rather than thinking about the gang, she thinks of Katsuya. I wonder if Sensei is asleep. Does he care that I'm drawing on eyebrows and only showing up at lunch? I wonder if he has a girlfriend. And she looks up at the night sky and thinks, Hey, what are you doing right now? Later at school, Kyoko stands back as a group of girls swarm around Katsuya, teasing him about his glasses, which I guess are fake, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) He says they make him look intellectual. When they chat later, he says that tomorrow will be his last day of teaching. Uh, okay, Kyoko says, looking away. She asks if he'll become a teacher, and he tells her that he decided against it. The job doesn't suit him, he says, looking knowingly out of the corner of his eye at her. His personality is contrary, and he can't fix it. My father is a strict man, he says. He's fussy about a number of things. Before I realized it, I learned to form myself to satisfy him and everyone else around me, hiding my true nature under a guise that kept all the spectators quiet. Kyoko asks if he hates his father, and he says that there was always a wall between them. Yet, my mother grew sick and died recently, he says. Since then, he feels very small. He's lost his edge. It's a boring story, isn't it? What? No, it's not boring, Kyoko protests. And he smiles a rueful smile. I think he's lonely. I know he's lonely, Kyoko thinks. His current self is lonely. She remembers when they met. If he wasn't lonely, he couldn't have said all that. I want to know more about him, but I can't see him anymore. Later, Kyoko hesitates outside of a closed classroom door and raises her hand to open it, but leaves it shut. She finds Katsuya at his car after school. Thank you, you worked hard, she says, and he smiles. Look, she says, looking away and blushing. I thought I could at least see your last lecture. I just, I was scared of the classroom. I know I got myself into this mess, it just sucks, you know? I thought I could at least come to the last, she tries to say, but he interrupts her. Come on, let me take you somewhere that you want to go. Huh? She says, eyes wide at the, the possibilities, perhaps. <laughs> They end up going to the beach. It's the ocean! Ocean, ocean, she says, arms spread wide. He's like, you're like a dog with no eyebrows. It's the ocean, isn't it? Stupid ocean! <laughs> <laughs> he 
she's like, that's the first time I've heard a kid say that. <laughs> she thanks him. You know, you're a nice guy, she says. And he's like, I'm not sure about that. He looks at the ocean and she looks back at him and blushes and thinks, you didn't have to care, but you did. Sensei, I love you. Hey, I'm going to be a better person. You'll see, Kyoko says. I'll even go to high school. I'll give it everything I've got. She feels ashamed about how she's been living until now, and she thinks, maybe it's weird for my age, but if I'd lived more like a girl in general, maybe I would have had the confidence to tell him how I feel, without being ashamed. Kyoko grabs Katsuya's shirt and thanks him again. Hmm, this goodbye seems pretty final, Katsuya says, and she's like, duh, we won't be able to see each other anymore. Grow up, he says. If you think that that tiny school is the entire world, you've only proven that you're a child. Besides, he says, running his hand through her hair, it's hard to study by yourself. Kyo narrates that back then, Kyoko didn't know the real reason Katsuya came to see her. She was happy, but confused. He eventually got a job at a pharmaceutical company, and he looked over her schoolwork every weekend, which we see in a flashback. But then, she was punished, she murmured, Kyo tells us. Kyoko tries to leave her gang, and they beat her. Kyo narrates that when Kyoko came to, she was in the hospital. Her parents avoided seeing her, and she couldn't take the high school entrance exams. Kyoko sits in bed, her arm in a sling, and she says she can't face Katsuya. He did so much to help her study. One phrase kept echoing in her head. You got what you deserved. Later, her parents kick her out of the house, dropping a bag on the doorstep in front of her, saying they're disinheriting her. Kyoko looks at her father with dead eyes and thinks, remembering her gang days, it's just like they said. I got what I deserved. I did whatever the hell I wanted, and now I'm being punished. Katsuya suddenly appears in the doorway behind her. So she didn't turn out how you wanted. That means she isn't yours, he asked pointedly at her parents. If she makes a mistake, you won't acknowledge her as your child? I'm sorry, I didn't realize you're saints. Her dad is like, what? This is a private matter. And Kyoko tells him to leave. Kyoko tells Katsuya to leave it. I do hate to give you my opinion, Katsuya adds, putting his arm behind Kyoko's back. But you're her parents, so I have to. I hope to marry this imperfect girl. Kyoko can only manage a huh, and her parents ask if he's sane. I like to think that I am, Katsuya says. At least more than you, sir. Do you object? And Kyoko's dad is like, do what you want. She's no longer in this household. And her mother tries to object, but is ignored. Katsuya says that he might come back with paperwork, and Kyoko's dad says he doesn't care as long as it's not a bother. Katsuya picks up the bag and takes Kyoko's non-injured hand and takes her away. On the sidewalk, he explains that he called her mother when he hadn't heard from her, and he couldn't believe what happened to her. Kyoko tries to get his attention, calling him sensei, and then he finally looks back at her when she finally calls him by his name. Kyoko asks if he was serious earlier. Of course I was, he says. I'm sorry that I had to propose like that. Kyoko starts to get upset. It's okay, you don't have to go that far for me. You did enough, okay? You don't have to do all this anymore. I'm hurt, Katsuya says. You think that I said that out of pity? Don't you trust me? And she protests. I just don't get why you would choose me. (laughs) Because you cried, he says. When you cried and confessed to loneliness, you seemed very human to me. So that's when I fell in love. For a time, I also misunderstood. I thought that everyone around me was utter trash. But I couldn't be so painfully honest and cry. I can't cry. He says that he was sensitive to the fact that she was still in middle school back then. But I never intended to let you get away, he says. He takes his cheek in her hand, tears well in her eyes. So, choose me, he says. If you still can't believe me, I'll say whatever you need to hear. I'll say it as often as you like. Just remember that I don't like wasting words. Choose me, Kyoko. She cries and then rests her head on his chest. Katsuya, do you have a Lolita complex? She asks into his shirt. (laughs) Where'd you learn words like that, he says, and after a pause, he adds, It's your fault. You were born late. He slips his hand behind her ear and they kiss. It's true, she says as they hug. You would make a lousy teacher. He replies with thank you. It's not a compliment, she says. (laughs) That's the end of chapter 91. Yay, question mark? (laughs) 
I know that it's controversial, but I'm on board for romance. Listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it's fiction. We talked about this before. It is Yeah, fiction. we talked about it a bit when we were talking about the um, Kareno and Uo stuff. Mm. About how, like, that's true. That's fiction a, that's gives you the perspective of being able to know that, like, you know, Katsi is not a, like, gross predator or anything. Like, because you're <laughs> able to see his, like, perspective and stuff. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> In retrospect, reading this this time, there were some times where I was like, why are you, why are you choosing to shade his face like this? And like, (laughs) why, like, it's a little bit sketchy. Yeah. And we never really see his thoughts. Mm -hmm. We see all his actions. Yeah. I think it's more in the later (laughs) chapters that we see like more of his perspective and stuff. Yes, I Like in the next couple of chapters, he's a lot more like open as a person. Yeah. You're able to see his thoughts, but like you're able to, you're able to see like from what goes on and, like, how the characters act that, you know, he doesn't have, like, (laughs) creepy ulterior motives. He doesn't seem to. And he did... He said that he was planning to, like, wait until she was older. I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess it's, like, creepy that you have romantic feelings for a teenage... Or, like, a middle schooler or whatever, but... Yeah. It is worth noting that a middle schooler preparing for high school entrance exams in Japan is not um, as young as we think of a middle schooler. (laughs) Like, mm, she's, like, probably, like, 15, 16. 16? Yeah. Yeah. Not I like, mean, was like when I think middle schooler, I think like twelve. Twelve, yeah, which is not not the case here. So I think middle school in Japan is like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Mm-hmm. And I heard I learned recently that the entrance is by age. It's not like um, it's not like like it's more strict. I think than like mm-hmm. in the U.S. Like we, yeah, me like, and you, have, like, the were cusp quite young kind of things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like no, you have to be this age, otherwise you don't get in. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so she's like I don't know, anywhere from thirteen to fifteen when. Yeah. There's some early parts of the chapter where she's quite young, um, mm-hmm. but when they met, I guess she's like 13 to 15. I still, I mean, 15 yeah. is still young. I'd say, yeah, still young, but not as like, not as like instantly horrifying as when you hear middle schooler <laughs> <laughs> from our perspective. Some 11 year old. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and then he's yeah. and Katsu is also not like a full teacher either, so he's younger he's than you think of when you hear teacher too. Like, he's um again still not okay in a real life perspective but <laughs> not if it's okay PSA we already yeah. had PSA before but mm-hmm. in a real life situation if you're a teenager listen listen to me I know you don't want to but listen <laughs> and a and an old man and anyone who's older than like in your school mm-hmm. is trying to hit on you it's not okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in this case it's fiction and we can indulge in our enjoyment of their ro- romantic relationship yeah but yeah, I do feel like, I think you're right that it's revealed more later, but there were parts of this where I was like, I'm getting a mixed message about Katsuya, mm-hmm. and I, I like, uh, before this I really enjoyed him as a character, and I like him as a character, what he develops into uh, yeah. in the next, for mm-hmm. the, you know, the brief parts that he's in this story. But... Yeah. I think the ending kind of, like, reveals, like, his, of this of these chapters, Yeah, kind of reveals, like, his perspective is that, like, the way he was raised, he feels like he can't express emotions and stuff, mm-hmm. and so, like, he even talks about how, like, her ability to express her emotions so freely was... Like something that drew him to her, and so yeah, like and so that you're like, oh, that's why he's like so, like distant. weird and cold and distant at the beginning <laughs> because that's just kind of how he feels like he has to be at this point. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. But listen, the dark JoJo texture doesn't lie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have suspicious JoJo texture to tell you. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, but maybe mm-hmm. it's just like used to communicate. Like in the whole first scene where he's or she's the scene where they meet. Mm-hmm. Where she's so kind of like violent with her emotions, mm-hmm. he stands off to the side. He his face is covered. He takes off his glasses like partway through. When I first saw the very first um, 
panel of him, I was like, is he like a glasses villain? Like, what is happening? <laughs> like, just look at it. Look at it again. Look with the look mm-hmm. with the. <laughs> yeah, I do think look- part of that is just building up to the like, oh, I'm Katsuya Honda, by the way, kind of quote unquote reveal. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Because, like, you don't get, like, a full, like, good look at him. You never get a good look at his face until now. Until that page. when Yes. He's just a dude. He takes off the glasses, and so... And then you're like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> then you might be like, oh, hey, he kind of looks like that guy. And then he's like, I'm Katsuya Hande. And you're like, he is that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we know that this is about them, but... Yeah. <laughs> and also, Kyo kind of, like, primes us to know that, but <laughs> it does get built up, too, in a... Yeah. It's kind of a big reveal. There's a, but anyway, I do think, I think you're right. I think your interpretation of it is more like what, probably what Takayo is trying to communicate. He's Mm -hmm. very closed off. I think that that gets better explained in the subsequent two chapters that we'll talk Mm -hmm. about next week. Yeah. Without giving things away. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's intentional to some degree that he's supposed to be kind of like, what's this guy up to at the beginning? Mm -hmm. But then like, as it goes on, you'll be like, oh no, he is genuine about this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's what they intended. Yes. So I love the way that he be. Uh, sasses her parents yeah. at the end very directly. Mm-hmm. And he does tell her, he's like, I felt the same way that you did, but I like couldn't express it like you. So mm-hmm. what do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's Other than what we already just talked about just now. Yeah. It's like we kind of summed up a lot of the Kyoko and Katsuya stuff there. At least the, uh, the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we summed up the controversy without getting too into yeah. it, but I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I think our opinion is clear. Yeah. The opinion is like, it's not good in real life, but we're going to talk about it yeah. and, and enjoy it's it. Like, I do think if you, you know, you go in with the, you know, full awareness that this is fiction and we're, you know, taking out what would be uh, problematic at best in real life, um, <laughs> is that it, it <laughs> is a, yeah, well, you know, technically. You think you could technically <laughs> still give your parents, there's a, there's a part where he's like, I might come back for paperwork. And in my head, mm-hmm. I was like, what paperwork? Like, which paperwork? Is this, like, adoption yeah. paperwork? Or, like... <laughs> no, honestly, because I was like, oh, maybe I should look something. I was like, no, I don't want to look this up. I don't want to get into this. But, yeah, I think you can... Te- parents can still technically give consent for people yeah. under 18 to marry, even in the U.S., is my mm-hmm. recollection. Yeah, that's what I meant by, like, problematic as be- at best. It's like, <laughs> I think, you know, it would be legal the way yes. it's handled because it's after, like, she's done with her primary... Her mandatory schooling and he's not a teacher anymore. Yeah. So it would just be, you know, questionable. (laughs) Yeah, it says that um, the consent of at least one parent or guardian is required for a person 16 or 17 to get married. Anyway, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, I just Googled it just to check. But yeah, I don't know if people know that in in Japan to this day, up to uh, the end of middle school is the only compulsory education in Japan. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go to high school. I mean, I think most people do, like 90% of people do, but Mm -hmm. you don't have to. So yeah, she's at the end of her compulsory education. And her, if her parents give consent, then whatever, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think this was, this part of the story probably takes place in like the 80s. So I don't actually know what the law was like back then, but, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't, definitely didn't dig into it, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's feasible at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, it's not like a Matilda situation where he's going to like <laughs> adopt her and take care of her. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a completely different situation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was a, yeah, there's a, um, it was like a review of Matilda and it had like Mara Wilson on it. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who did it or whatever, but they were talking at the end. They were like talking about that. There's like a group of people who like ship like Matilda and Miss Honey. Really? And at one point they're like, it's not, not there. Like it was really <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's definitely not, not there, but it's yeah. also even more wrong yeah. than it was this. funny that just the way they were like, it's not, not there. <laughs> 
I always think of that anyway. like that exact phrasing whenever someone's talking about some like it's weird subtext or something. I'm like, it's not not, not there. there. I think like, we I'm said not that. Say we, I don't see it. We said that a million times with Kakuryu and Yuki. I mean, we, why can't we say that now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is explicit. Yeah. It's definitely there. Yeah. Kyoko yeah. has feelings for him. I think Katsuya doesn't really show... I mean, he obviously, like, wants to talk to her and spend time mm-hmm. with her and stuff, and I feel like... I do think he did. I mean, this would be, you know, minimum acceptable behavior in real life, but he did a pretty good job of just being a there as a supportive person and not, like, mm-hmm. being creepy at all while she was still in school and going <laughs> through issues. <laughs> creepily touched her face one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mm-hmm. said that she looked pretty with eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like and then the other thing is that she acknowledges that too so like in her own dialogue she it's like she didn't know why he was being nice or if he was being genuine or whatever and she's like you're a terrible person she says and teases him about it multiple times so it's kind of it's there like there the hesitation is also there too so yeah yeah but anyway yeah and it does you know turn out to be a like you know a good positive relationship for the best relationship in them, her life. Seems like, yeah, especially. Yeah, and potentially Kyoko, is. Like, yeah. I think that also is a little bit more t- touched on next time. Mm-hmm. But um, we cheated because we're recording two episodes at the same time. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so we read ahead. But yeah, yeah I think. Um, but yeah, it it's definitely a positive relationship for her regardless. Because at the end of this, even before she confessed her feelings and whatever, she was still like, I want to go to school. Like, I want to get my life on track. Yeah, because she told him that, um, like, on the, when they were at the. At the beach, the beach, the beach. before uh, before she got beat up by her gang. I love how she yells at the ocean. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Is this really what it says?" And I looked at the Japanese. I was like, "That's really what it says." It's like you damn something she, and, something she and Kyo have in common. There's a lot of things they have in common, actually. Yeah. Um, but yes, that's <laughs> this is the number one thing, of course. Yeah, it's obviously um, yelling at the ocean. Damn, you see. <laughs> But yeah, I think they, they have a lot in common. Like, obviously this... So Kyo's like, I kind of remember talking to her. And then he narrates a whole bunch of things about her mm-hmm. her life. So I think that he... Those things resonated with him as a child. Yeah. And he remembers them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it obviously stuck with him. Mm-hmm. The thing that I find most interesting is that I wonder how much of this Toru knows. Like, I mm-hmm. if... This chapter seems like the kind of thing that you would have... Well, it's... It could be something that you would have... If you were an author and you were try- choosing to write about this, it could be something that Toru could narrate about them. Mm-hmm. Like, this this story could easily just easily be told by her. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting choice to use him as a narrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it makes me wonder how much of this she knows about. Like, I think she knows. She must... I want to think that she knows it, but it's interesting. It's an interesting possibility that she doesn't know some of these yeah. things. I think she probably knows the, like, the basic framework of their mm-hmm. story. Um, but I think we've seen, like, like I think in the Uo chapter, it was mm-hmm. implied that, like, some of the stuff Kyoko was talking to Uo about, she was only talking to Uo about. Yeah. And so I could see her, like, trying to, you know, keep some of the worst parts of her life from Toru. Maybe. I could see that being a possibility. Yeah. It's, like, the whole history with her parents and her gang and everything. Yeah. Like, it could be that she's just like, oh, I just, I don't, yeah, I don't have a relationship with my parents because... I was in the gang or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, you want to think they, so like in the chapter with Uo, Toru and Kyoko are presented as having this like very close relationship. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I think about the type of imagery and things that were used there, it was like, you know, they open the, she opens the like first aid kit and it's like mamas and Toru's. Like it's a kind of a mother, it's a mother daughter relationship. It's a kid relationship. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, you don't, your parents don't tell you every single thing about their past. Yeah. 
And when, and like, I feel like. The, <laughs> you probably don't want to know it all. You definitely don't. And I, I was going to say, I feel like the older I get, the more of those things have been revealed over time. And like, mm-hmm. Toru was in barely in high school when her mom died. Like, there are things that, about her that she probably never told her. Yeah. She might have told Kyo. She might have, mm-hmm. like, or sometimes I think it's Kyo, get, as his narration gives a highlight, and then we see what happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, he probably doesn't have all the details. Yeah, but... I doubt she was, you know, telling this little kid, like, every single detail. It's like, and then I made out with him. Yeah. <laughs> And I was 14. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like still, some of the things, I I wonder if she knows everything. I wonder if she knows mm-hmm. that Toru does all these things. I, yeah, I just find the possibility kinda... interesting. Yeah, because like, if you There's have no... a good relationship with your parents, you kind of transition from a parent-child relationship to a friend relationship as you mm-hmm. get older. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you're saying, she didn't really quite, you know, she, she was still in high it. school, so they didn't really yeah. get to that point. They were still a parent-child relationship. A good, close one. Close one. They obviously shared a lot. And I think like with somebody, somebody like Uo... They have a different life experience. Mm-hmm. Like, they have probably a shared understanding that Toru and her mom, like, don't have about the gang experience or whatever, yeah. right? So she can give her that kind of advice or talk to her about different things that she doesn't talk to Toru about. Yeah. And probably the same with Kyo. Mm-hmm. Like, why was she meeting with Kyo all this time? Like, she mm-hmm. couldn't tell these things to Toru, question mark? This is, mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. It's not answered. None of the questions, yeah. none of the things that I'm raising are ever... very much yet. There's very little... But, like, yeah, things things continue to happen. We continue to see more memories of Kyoko and stuff like that. But, like, not very much beyond these chapters that are upcoming that we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. I think. And not, I don't think that the, the things that I'm sort of, like, posing are going to be answered directly. So. Yeah. I think we get a bit more on the Kyo angle, but. Yes. But not, like, why she talked to him necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Not strictly. I think I remember, like. I don't remember how they, like, met or whatever, but she, like, saw him, and he was, like, all angry and stuff, and she's, like, he's so angry, it's adorable. (laughs) Just kind of realized he was a troubled kid and figured she could, yes, like, give him some perspective. Yeah. But, like, Toru doesn't have the same issues. Yeah. And their relationship is different. I mean, Toru had issues, of course, with being, like, bullied and whatever, but Mm -hmm. um, she didn't want to tell Kyoko that. Yeah. So they... Which makes sense, because I feel like kids, you don't want to tell things that are embarrassing to your parents, right? Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah. So many things that just don't. Yeah, seem to... we even talked. Yeah, we even talked about that directly in the chapter. It said something right. like how she like, I think it was the Kisa chapter. Yeah, I think so. And she talked about how like she was like embarrassed to tell her mom mm-hmm. and upset sort of. when she found out, even though it turned out good because her mom was you know loving and supportive. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, because parents aren't going to be like you're bullied, so you're terrible. Yeah. Hopefully, good parents. Yeah, good parents. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess we've seen a lot of illustrations to the contrary, but yeah, I think I have a note. Yeah, I have a note that says like more excellent parents from the Furba series <laughs> for this chapter. Oh, so bad, <laughs> so mean, mm-hmm. and just so self-centered. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I have things to say about them is basically what I just said. They're just mm-hmm. assholes. They're just terrible, terrible people. Yeah. Well, her mom has like no spine, and then her yeah. her dad is clearly an asshole. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a good... Let's transition to that. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of things that I thought were specifically interesting that are included in this chapter. So one is, there's this little uh, n- narration of Kyo's that says they never went out as a family. They they rarely even ate together. And mm-hmm. I wrote in my notes, see, meals are Takaya's shorthand yeah. for connection. <laughs> my theory is proven once again. Mm-hmm. People who aren't close don't eat together. Um, and also, there's a thing where it says she couldn't remember being held. And I was like, man, that sounds familiar. <laughs> For like the rest of the series, like mm-hmm. she had some, even though she wasn't cursed, she had a very similar experience to some of the Junishi that we've seen. Like she was yeah. in an abusive household, 
her parents or her family wasn't close. She didn't have any like personal contact with them, basically. Mm-hmm. So close contact. So yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, situation it seemed good. like like her her parents were like worried about their image and stuff. Definitely. Which, yeah. Sounds which like someone us- we know. Yeah. <laughs> hint, hint. It's Yuki's mom. That's what mm-hmm. I was <laughs> implying. Yeah. Trying to imply. I do like we've touched on it before, but I like the like range of parental attitudes we see in the series both mm-hmm. in and within and without the like cursed members mm-hmm. like we have like we have like god-awful parents <laughs> and we have like pretty great parents yeah and then we have like quite a few like ranged in between various levels of flawed yes <laughs> <laughs> or various flawed at different times yeah yeah <laughs> going through some shit parents mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's interesting it's a good yeah because, like, even just comparing, like, Kyoko to Uo, where, like, you know, she fell in with the gang for similar reasons of not having a close relationship with her parents, but um, her relationship with her dad has gotten better, and mm-hmm. like, it was and obviously never as, yeah, it was obviously never as bad. It's like, he was more distant. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like he was ab- abusive, like, her family. No, it seemed like he, like, didn't really know what to do with her. Yeah. And she didn't, didn't really know what to do, <laughs> yeah. you know, without... <laughs> without her the mom. support of yeah. yeah so and then like they managed to kind of reconnect and be better people <laughs> mm-hmm. have a better relationship mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it seemed like he couldn't really handle shit after her mom left and then she didn't yeah couldn't handle him which makes sense because he's mm-hmm. the adult so it seems like Kasi, or, um, kyoko's family was very harsh and just focused on their yeah. image and stuff like that yeah, Didn't I would categorize really them under the uh, the god awful category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about Katsuya's family too? Mm-hmm. There's, I don't know if there's a lot to say in this chapter, but he says um, that his dad was very strict and that he mellowed out after his mother died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Katsuya's it's pretty interesting because we, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, we know um, his dad pretty well. We've seen. Yeah, we do. You know, Toru's grandpa as a character in the series grandpa several Honda. times by now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and his sister, who's an asshole also, yeah. I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah, there's like a side a panel parent, in one of these but... chapters. Yeah. Yeah, there's a side panel in one of these chapters that confirms that it's his sister. I think we were talking about where, like, oh, is it yeah. the... We were talking about, like, which re- which member which was relative. the relative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. In uh, yes, mm-hmm. we're we're blessed to have the Tokyo Pop version that has some of those more side panels about different characters, which we actually we should talk about the Katsuya one probably this time. Mm-hmm. There's another one about Kakura, which is interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a whole one about Katsuya. It says that um, with his mother, who died of an illness, and younger sister, Katsuya has a family of four. Mm-hmm. It says as a child he was contrary, which he mentioned himself. Yeah, I think it says they have like an eight-year age gap. Yes. It does in the like next note, which I'm looking yeah, for here. Which isn't actually huge once, you know, you're out of school. But It's not huge when you're an adult. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh... It's huge when you're a teenager and he's yeah. a college graduate. Mm-hmm. So she was, like, I don't know, 15, so that would make him, like, 23. Mm-hmm. That's how math works. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. <laughs> so they probably met when she was, like, 16 or something, because he would have graduated from university, I think. Yeah. Before teaching. Before being a student teacher. It says he doesn't really fight with his father, but there's a rift between them. After his mother's death, he didn't have much contact with his father. The reason he went to work for a pharmaceutical company is that in the corner of his mind, he thought of his mother who died from illness. His father's Mm. head is smooth and shiny, so he (laughs) thought that he might go bald in the future. Um, He just mused on it, but he didn't try to do anything about it. Back when Katsuya's face never really appeared, I received a lot of anxious letters asking, is he actually Kyo's father? Are Kyo and Toru siblings? Um, huh? (laughs) (laughs) 
It's a direction you could go. I don't know why Takaya is so taken aback by this. <laughs> Since drawing Katsuyo, I think I've developed a weakness for Papa characters. It hits me even when I play video games. <laughs> I Have we talked about her notes before? She loves to talk about video games. Mm-hmm. I haven't ever read them. That's the end of the note about Katsuya. Anyway, so yes, he the the aunt in who is sassy about Toru, the one who mm-hmm. hires the private detective yeah. to find out what she was doing at Chikori's house. That's Katsuya's sister. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then we've seen his grandfather, who seems like a nice person now. Yeah. So, so it's kind of a... yeah, it's kind of shocking when you first read this chapter and you're like, oh yeah, my, my dad was really strict and <laughs> my family was cold. And you're like, yeah. but Grandpa Honda's so nice. He slapped yeah. my sister. <laughs> I guess that's not nice, but I mean, he was. Yeah. <laughs> he seemed to be genuinely caring about Toru. Yeah. He called her Kyoko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Speaking of Kyoko. Mm-hmm. Let's do a recap of Kyoko and kind of the okay. story. So there's like some brief talk of her gang days, but I just wanted to do a little recap because I think it's, we almost get a different picture of her in the gang than we did before. So what we learned previously, which was probably back in the chapter when we talked about Momiji's mom and like sprinkled throughout, like also we learned a lot about her kind of like gang days when the, in the backstory about Uo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kyoko was renowned as a fierce gang leader called the red butterfly um and then in this we see a couple of instances of her like riding around on her bike uh kyo says and then also kind of like with the gang members and then of course she gets beaten up when she tries to leave the gang mm-hmm. i felt like her story um so like we've seen a lot of different we've met a lot of different characters and we've met seen all their backstories and i felt like <clears throat> an interesting thing about kyoko is that her 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 kind of backstory feels a lot about different, feels like different characters we've met so far. Like most obviously Uo's struggle, I think she related to a lot, mm-hmm. um, which is why Kyoko helped her. And then we also see like it, when she hesitates at the door, like this classroom door it reminded me of Kisa. Mm-hmm. Like Kisa feeling like she didn't fit in. Kyoko was like, I'm too far gone. I don't fit in with this school anymore um, and stuff like that. And I just thought it was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that those are things... Maybe that then translate. I was expecting that we would get like a wisdom drop this chapter because Kyoko's mm-hmm. in it, but we didn't really. Yeah. I think it's kind of, we're getting the backstory of her future wisdom drops. Exactly. This is exactly where it's my comment. Yeah. You're picking up what I'm putting down, which is like mm-hmm. a bunch of, all the shit happened in her life. And so the things that she did pass on to Toru that have then been passed on to other people in the series mm-hmm. or directly to them, as the case with Uo. Yeah. They're being established now. We're seeing like the mistakes that led her to become the person that she is, you mm-hmm. know? that she was prior to the beginning of the story. Yeah. So I think that also part of the things that helped Kyoko kind of grow as a person were like the things that Katsuya did. Like basically Katsuya does the same thing for Kyoko that Uo kind of, that she did for Uo later. Like Mm -hmm. Katsuya kind of, his influence and the attention that he gave to her Mm -hmm. helped her feel like she could be, be more confident, kind of got her out of the, wanted, got her to, you know, want to pursue st- the end of her studies and get out of the mm-hmm. gang. And she was like, I'm going to be a better person and all sort of stuff. And Uo said the same thing. Like she was like, I'm going to be a better friend for Toru and all these mm-hmm. things. So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't just, it wasn't just Kyoko in that case. It was also Toru. But mm-hmm. I think that the things that, I think it's interesting to, that we can see the things that happened, the things that were done for Kyoko also helped influence her down the mm-hmm. line. And we've seen that influence already. Now we're seeing yeah. the build up to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and just another you know a continuing theme in the series is just how important it is to have someone who supports you and cares about you and listens to you and stuff yeah yeah just how much of a change that can make in someone's life i think so 
I just said some of the themes that we've seen so far, things like connectedness, like needing to give and receive affection. We've already, Mm -hmm. just like you mentioned, we, these are the things that are touched on in this. It feels like a familiar story. Yeah. Story (laughs) about her. Mm -hmm. We've seen it. We've seen Toru be the dishing out, being the disher outer of all those things Mm -hmm. up to this point. And uh, now we can, we can see where that kind of comes from almost. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Um, so I don't know if this is spoilery or if we should just wait it for the next time, but <laughs> uh, I feel like we have enough to confirm that that was Kyoko who was who Kyo's had the flashbacks about with the like his whole thing with Yuki, the whole, like that's how you want him to be. Oh yeah, I wasn't sure about that. I wasn't <laughs> sure if we had talked about it yet or not. I was <laughs> I read that and I was like, do I need to say this? I'm not <laughs> sure. So I don't don't remember what I actually said in the summary. Mm-hmm. Because I know we were talking about, like, we had, like, the, like, silhouette that was, like, hard to see, especially yeah, the in the Tokyo Pop version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was bad. It was that yeah. And it, we also had this, like, frame here with her holding the hat. She's clearly holding the hat. Yeah. And we clearly saw that before. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure And that, that was in her. the same, like, context of the, uh, his, like, flashback of someone, of the being like, you want Yuki to be like that, so mm-hmm. you have someone to hate, basically. Mm-hmm. I think we can say that for sure now. Yeah. We took a lot of care to avoid specifically spoiling that before, but I think it's okay to say now that... Like, yeah, we got in Yuki's perspective, and we know that the hat brought up, up weird memories for Kyo. Right. And we had the memories of the mysterious woman saying, the, like, you want him to be like that. Yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. I think if you put all those pieces together and include this memory, mm-hmm. if you put all those things together, and you see the it's the memory of Kyo, Kyoko holding the hat, I think you can say that Kyo is in the know about that situation. Yeah, so Kyo is involved in there somehow, and the, it's yes. Kyoko who said said that line that's obviously haunting him a bit. <laughs> Three months later, or whatever, since he says yeah. it's almost the end of the year. <laughs> the only note I have is the lid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he was like, why does it push the lid open up my memories? And it's like, I don't think you're supposed to be using that analogy. <laughs> I, I didn't. everyone has a lid. <laughs> yes, everyone has a lid. Especially all these, like, poor children with their repressed trauma. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It is interesting that he's like, I can't control this thing that I'm thinking about. Like, he's been trying. He says, like, I pretend not to know. I pretend not to. I've been pretending not to do whatever. So Mm -hmm. it seems like something that's been kind of, like, building up for a while. It's been bothering him for a while, his relationship with uh, Kyoko. So Mm -hmm. Because he hasn't mentioned it to Toru ever. I think that's what he Mm -hmm. means. And then the way that it sort of, like, persists in his memory, even though he's been trying to block it out, I think, all yeah. this time. He, gotta, he needs to close the lid like Yuki, but Kyo has no self-control. Yeah. Everybody knows that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> on a completely random note, did we already talk enough about the technology? I love how Shigeru teases him about the place being broadcast live, and he yeah. it. I don't think we talked about that yet, but I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love Toru badly explaining dvds to <laughs> Kyo. you can copy it and it's a th- you can make copies of it you can put lots of things on it i love her expression when she does it where she has her like finger mm-hmm. up like she's explaining yeah she's excited she's got new information she's gonna pass it on <laughs> it feels like me when i'm trying to explain what i think about things on the podcast I'm like <laughs> and then they sit at the table and then <laughs> Kyo actually sits at the table you know the table <laughs> they're eating <laughs> Anyway, anything else we need to discuss before spoilers? No, I think that's it. All right, good. Let's talk about spoilers then. Okay. Um, okay, good. Next time we're going to talk. Continue the the tale of Kyoko and Katsuyo, chapters ninety two and ninety three. So it'll be a good time. The ballad of Kyoko and Katsuyo. It it is. It could be valid. <laughs> Should I work on writing a song? I mean. <laughs>
<laughs> That's too much to commit to. <laughs> I'll just write an epic poem. <laughs> no music. <laughs> Have you ever, um, what's his name? The, uh, the take your canvas bags guy. Oh, Tim Minchin, that guy. Yeah, yeah, I do know him. Him, that guy. Um, he has a song with that. That's hilarious. I haven't heard this one. The, <laughs> the one that I know good. is the only ginger can call another ginger ginger. Oh. <laughs> Which is also great. But he has one where it's, he's just like, he starts it off and he's like, it's like, it comes to the time in like every man's life when he realizes not all of his like feelings can be expressed in comedy song. <laughs> and, and he's like, and, if, and at that point in his life, he, it's like he might instead write a nine minute beat poem. <laughs> he's like, this is a nine minute beat, beat poem. poem. <laughs> yeah, a nine minute beat poem about Katsuya and Kyoko. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I understand now. <laughs> I was going to say, like, so you write a nine minute beat poem about them, but then I was like, that needs some build up if yeah. you've ever heard of this. <laughs> I hadn't. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, good. On that note, let's let's talk about spoilers. <laughs> All right, next time we'll talk about uh, 93, 90... No, yeah, 92, 93. <laughs> we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. I agree with the sentiment, nonetheless. Anyway, spoilers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> My first spoiler note is more sadness to come. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I didn't really write any spoiler notes for this one. I've got them mostly on the end of the last one. I literally have two. The first one says more spoil- yeah. more sadness to come. The second one says, Kyo remembers Kyoko and we see the narration to be left behind or leave behind. I wonder what hurts more. And then I put spoiler for later? Question mark? Because I'm pretty sure that mm-hmm. that exact phrasing is used at some point. And I don't remember if she said it to him in that one chapter or if she thought it when she was like dying there's a, it's definitely referenced mm-hmm. later someone yeah. someone out there knows i'm sure but it's mm-hmm. it, i know it's going to come back yeah um my instinct is that it's the, her thoughts while she's dying yeah i think so or at some other point in in the future um, mm-hmm. but but yeah. yeah i mean i think that's also a thought that kind of permeates the series like leaving people behind, behind and being yeah. left behind kind of idea like i'd say that's also like a like a big aspect of like Akito's insecurities and stuff. That's true. So, yeah, it's very other, true. Other characters like, and what? the beginning of the curse in general. Yes. When we go really far back. <laughs> it's part of Toru's issues too. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about it before how Toru and Akito have similar. I mean, yeah, Toru and Akito have similar issues mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Akito's perhaps more, um, more violently expressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Toru has the same problems. Mm-hmm. Or similar problems. Yeah. The more sadness to come that I'm referring to is, I mean, Katsu is going to die. We know that he's dead. Yeah. So it's yeah. only it's only a matter of time if you're reading this and you you know mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it's so great, everything's great, they're in love, it's going to be so good. Like, yeah. We know that he died. Which yeah. Is I love those moments when you're like, you get a flashback for like characters and like you know they're in the future that they're dead, but you forget about it while you're reading the flashback Definitely. and then like something happens and you're like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm excited to make some. That's gonna happen next time. Um, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Stop spoiling the next episode. I guess this Fruit is a spoiler spoilers. section. <laughs> no, we don't spoil ourselves. We just spoil the <laughs> fruits basket. <laughs> I don't have any other spoilers. That's literally all I was gonna say. I just felt yeah. like uh, we couldn't. Like obviously, Kyo, Kyoko and Kyo's relationship is not fully explored yet. So, yeah, even though he's narrating throughout these four chapters there's more to come with him so yeah it's like i think we're i think we're a little bit like next time we'll probably have more kind of spoilery things to say because Mm -hmm. um 
this is really like a four four chapter kind of arc. Yeah, so. we're like halfway. We're in the middle of a story kind of at the moment. Yeah. So we didn't do. Like all it's a natural stopping point because there's a little bit of a there's a slight time skip between. Yeah. The end of this chapter and the beginning of the next one. But they're also kind of about different topics. Like they're about mm-hmm. Kyoko and Kasuya, but the first one is about Kyoko kind of the first these two that we're talking about now is about Kyoko um like Kyoko's life and um how he was an influence in her life and up to the point where they formalize their relationship. And then mm-hmm. the next part is like um their relationship after that and the effect on Katsuya's family because that's described in the next two chapters and then also what happened when Toru was around. Yeah. Up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. So also this one starts sad and gets happy and then the other one next one starts happy <laughs> I mean, and gets, gets sad. sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one didn't have a lot of crying. <laughs> this one wasn't no. as sad as I, I thought, but it's next time that's gonna be worse, I think. Mm-hmm. Um there's some really nice sad panels to look forward to next yeah. time, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's good to feel sad sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think the saddest part of this these chapters are um, when like Kyoko breaks down in the classroom. Yeah, <laughs> but at this, yeah, it's just um, I thought it was interesting. Oh, we didn't talk about it. I guess we should have, but she says like you fall apart or whatever, mm-hmm. and I think that I wonder if she's like kind of directing that at herself. Mm-hmm. It's I think it, it felt like it was kind of like a like what people said to her, like a well, it's kind of like a confrontational one, like. Like, you die, you fall apart instead of me, because I'm currently dying and falling apart. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also meant to talk about her hand. I forgot about that. <laughs> I didn't make a note. I don't know why. I spent a long time... Listen, I spent a long time Googling if Blood Brothers is a thing in Japan, because I was it's just curious, because I think that it's pretty symbolic that they're in this room together, and then she draws blood with her hand. Like, she doesn't... That didn't have to be drawn that way. Like, obviously, it's just, like, she's gripping her hand really tightly. Like, she's really upset. But mm-hmm. the fact that it, like, reveals blood and it's drawn in such a way and it's, like, on her nails, it reminded me of something. I feel like it's just um, almost, like, a symbolic of some kind of ritual. Like, they're connected now because they have this time where they're together and blood is drawn. Feels a little bit symbolic to me. Mm-hmm. We don't often see things like that in the story unless there's, like, direct violence Mm-hmm. So her kind of doing it to herself, I feel like it's a, it just didn't need to be there. It's not like functional violence, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's she could have just yeah. punched the table. Yeah, I feel like it kind of emphasizes like just how like desperate and upset and low she was in that moment, mm-hmm. and the fact that like when he started talking, her hand relaxed. Yeah, and then she was able to kind of you know like let all those emotions out and kind of express herself. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a almost like almost a bloodletting. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> You know, in the old kind of idea of <laughs> yeah, get some leeches, what, letting letting the demons out, whatever. <laughs> Balance the humors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it could be that. That's why I was just like, there's something about this, like such attention drawn to it that it mm-hmm. seems sort of it seems symbolic beyond just functional visual symbolism. Yeah. So it could be that, mm-hmm. but I think that's probably a better interpretation than it being some kind of Blood Brothers <laughs> tie-in, you know, <laughs> or some kind of, like, blood ritual of that way. There's no, like, shared... Anyway, it's fine, yeah. but... I mean, there's definitely, you know, there's a lot of importance and symbolism behind blood mm-hmm. in the world in general, but also in this series. That's true. That's what I'm saying. It's a bond of blood. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, in their case, it's a little different. Do yeah. we have any other spoilers to talk about? I don't. <laughs> okay, good. Next time, we're going to keep talking about Kyoko and Katsuya, so I think we'll... Uh, End of this very short spoilery section, and then we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. 
feel like it's been such a long time, but it's only been two weeks, but I feel like so much happened since we yeah. last talked about this. <laughs> I lost my car. You went to the Grand yeah. Canyon. I lost money. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Spent a lot of money in Las Vegas. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I think so. It's the, really the only thing that you can do. Like, yeah. it's the only thing that's worth doing there. It's a glamorous money pit. Basically. <laughs> Glamorous money pit. I think they should put that on the sign. Yeah. Instead of like, welcome to fabulous Las Vegas, it should say, welcome to Glamorous Money Pit Las Vegas. <laughs> As a side note of people's um, like timelines on media changing, two of my coworkers who are like almost 10 years younger than me were like singing the uh, Rip My Pants song from Spongebob. <laughs> and I was like, that is an old episode. I bet you guys saw it on rerun because I remember watching that when I was little. <laughs> that came out when we were like sixth grade, probably. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> SpongeBob it just continues to live on and be strange, and that's what makes yeah. it great. <laughs> I think I like it more as an adult than I did as a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like the when he's doing the driving test, and they're like, "Big toe." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never even liked it that much, but those things just like stick in your head because like that is same episode. They're it's applicable. like whenever I'm like, a lot of times when I'm driving, I have things in my head. It's like, okay, floor it. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Are we aging de- like showing our age now? I think so. <laughs> well, apparently not. <laughs> All right, my uh, your young coworkers, baby coworkers. <laughs> interesting i think like katsuya is kind of um <laughs> do you have opinions <laughs> he always has opinions he's like i'm against it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hello it's ellen if you want to send us a question you can find us on twitter at stay together pod on tumblr at stay together or you can send us an old-fashioned email at stay together podcast at gmail.com kayla and i want to keep creating podcasts and keep them ad-free so if you like what you're listening to, please consider giving to our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash staytogethernetwork. Thank you always for listening and for all your support. We'll see you next time.